0: welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life. Um, I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson, and I'm here with Peter, Dr. Bernstein. Peter. Um, we've been covering some basics uh, since the start of the year, things that we think are essential to remember in hard times. And hard times are not quite over yet, and definitely mm-hmm. around here we're mm-hmm. seeing that for mm-hmm. sure, yeah. no. that they are not over.
1: Far from it, I think.
0: And we've covered some principles that came from a paper that Peter put together uh, originally during the Great Recession. Uh, There were ten lessons, and Mm -hmm. we've been covering some of those. Today what we'd like to talk about wasn't directly one of those lessons, but we think it fits in pretty well.
1: Yeah, we we want to have some continuity from our last podcast. And I think we ended up in a really good place to to move on from there. Those principles that we're talking about, that we've been, uh, each episode, are really important. Where we ended up last time was talking about becoming aware of the tangibles.
0: Yeah, one of the things we wanted to talk about in in terms of intangibles, uh, I think, if I can just kind of segue into it, is the intangible of self-care.
1: Yeah, excellent, yeah.
0: And and how important that is for like you say for people on the front lines doing the very oh, hard work. And we've all suffered. Uh,
1: yes, I, I think you're right. And I mean, we we really focus on that a lot um, because we are on the front lines. We are. We are. We also have personal tragedies in our lives while we're helping others. And um, I'll be honest with you, it's once you get into it, it's much easier to neglect yourself neglect your own needs and not pay attention because the things that are happening in front of you, either to loved ones or, your fel- or whatever, um, seem to be so predominant that it's very hard to think of yourself when you see them suffering like this. And I, you know, I, t- I used to think, I had one of the, the barriers and difficult attitudes and that was I didn't always think self-care was the right thing. I thought it was being selfish. Well, I'll tell you what, I know that I've gotten over that a long time ago, but still there's remnants of it. And there are certain attitudes that we've carried into this critical time that get in the way of mm-hmm. uh, self-care, and yet we're finding without it, we're, how, what are we seeing with nurses and doctors? They're burning out. They're quitting. They're burning out. Yeah. Their families are in trouble. Yeah. Um, on a, this is a huge level. It's affecting everything. Working with hospitals, all these workers are quitting good workers, it's just a lot to
0: ask. This is reminding me of when we worked with Vision 3, with the VA Hospitals and Clinics Back East, and this Mm. was about 10 years ago. Mm. And part of our program was to help encourage all of them, because they were burning out, to use self-care. And the thing that they would say to me is, we know what we're supposed to do, we know we're supposed to eat right, we know we're supposed to exercise, we know we're supposed to take time for ourselves and all that. We know these things, but we can't make ourselves do them. And that's... What gets in the way?
1: What gets in the way, some old attitudes and beliefs. We create some of our own barriers. You can look at the situations being so difficult and overwhelming in reality. 450,000 people died in the last 11 months. Um, They're overwhelming. There's no... No diminishing or, or being uh, dismissive of the tragedies happening and no. how it's affecting
0: – No, and the burden on our healthcare workers.
1: It's, her- it's horrendous. It's a nightmare. And so we're not, we're not minimizing that. But what we are saying is a lot of people, just like a lot of the nurses and doctors that we helped and counselors for the VA system who were on the front lines in war mm-hmm. and were flying those C-5s. Help working on the uh, wounded vets and yeah. they were great people. But by the time they got, we saw them, they were angry, they were burned out, they were mad at the world, they were certainly mad at the VA. And they
0: were starting to get suicidal.
1: And then some of them were suicidal, I know. And their family lives were really a wreck. So we saw it firsthand and then our job was to turn that, help them turn it around. Mm-hmm. Well, what we saw with them, it's happened on a massive level. And I mean Massive. Um, now, those people chose to deal with, uh, because they, for whatever, era, they went into that kind of work, um, they wanted to do good, they wanted to help, mm-hmm. they started with very good intentions and what really happened was that the what was coming at them was so, it was beyond human capacity the to the even deal with the that. the
0: expectations were too much. Okay. So let's get into those barriers, those attitudes and beliefs that prevent Smart, capable, caring people from taking care of themselves in the right kind of way. What you mentioned yeah. one already. You said it's one that you struggled with, not so much lately, but that the idea that self-care is selfish.
1: Well, that's one of the barriers, all right. And I, I think, especially with care workers like us and many others, we all seem to have. We all seem to have a part of that. We're not the selfish type. We're the people that give, and yet we are human and we do have attitudes, and we do at times, particularly when you're dealing with such overwhelming difficulties, it's it's so easy to begin to feel selfish when you see tragedies and chaos and nightmarish things happening to people. What does come to mind is I'm going to think of myself right now. It's usually this is much more important. We need to deal with this right now. And this is the folks like myself that get right into it, and that will just have to wait. Unfortunately the disasters, the chaos, the losses, the pain, is on such a huge level that um, we have to stop and begin to reassess ourselves. And some of those old attitudes go with all of us.
0: Um, I could share mine, one of mine, which is I I have plenty. The one that comes to me first, beyond the one that you just mentioned, is this fantasy, it is a fantasy, that if I just... Do enough, and work hard enough. I can change what happens. To I can I can have some kind of effect. I can prevent something bad happening. I can I pretend I have a fantasy that I have more control than I do.
1: Okay, that's I know I know. And I think you have this one. Too. I, do, I, do, I do. well, you know, when you're in the front lines of caring for people and you care about them. Yeah. We do reach a point, and we've talked about this in many episodes on, on uh, finding a resilience through all of this, that um, uh, we reach a point where we want to do something, we're there to help and we're facing situations that are terminal, they're devastating. We can't do much to save some of these people, a lot of them. Yeah. And all we can do is make them comfortable, love them through it, and care for them. Mm-hmm. And as care workers we wind up feeling frustrated, we feel helpless, we feel like failures. Yes. Um, we feel we we want to do something to help these folks. We love them. We love, we're doing it out of love and care and what we wind up doing is, I can't do anything. They're mm-hmm. going to die. We feel helpless. They're really sick. Uh, things are really bad and there's nothing I can, that helplessness turns into, I feel like a failure, and my heart is breaking. Witnessing this, Mm -hmm. I think that this is happening to the the uh, nursing population. I hear more nurses quitting that started off with in a very good way. Very sacrificial. And and I've heard more quit now, and they're bitter and they're angry. They don't even want to look back. They just want nothing to do with it. And unfortunately, that's a heartbreaker because some of these people I know were wonderful, gifted Mm -hmm. nurses. I think there's a lot of different attitudes and beliefs and misconceptions that all, that many of us have.
0: Um, yeah. Another, about, another yeah. one that comes to me, I don't know that it's one that that we have as much, but we do it a little bit. And that is, uh, we talk to people who do, the feeling that if I do enough, if I give enough, I will finally get love or attention or respect yeah. from this person that... that Maybe didn't get and needed in
1: the past. Oh, you know, we've we've helped. When I say we've helped, we've we've run into some that it's their whole life is focused on that, and it usually has to do. I have to say, um, the more difficult cases, it, they are so self-centered. Even though they're doing, some, this is more than selfish. It's self-centered. Yeah. Narcissistic. They're doing everything but behind it, it's always about them trying to get the love they never got, right. and it contaminates their efforts. For others that we don't it's not so we're not driven by it but we, we there is a, a feeling that we're looking for some kind of acknowledgement for what we're what we're doing I know there was certainly when I started years ago I had that at this point um, for me uh, I'm not worried about that in fact I'm probably one of those people that could care less I'm there to help people um, I don't think of myself terribly a lot and if they don't if they don't treat me well and they're in distress, I'll take it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that experience so I can mentor and, and, and work with other people that are caregivers. But honestly at one point it was a driving force in my life first. But, and it turned out to be disastrous and it usually does for people because there are consequences of doing that. Eventually you don't get what you're after
0: right.
1: and it also blocks your ability to re- to feel fulfilled in the work that you're doing,
0: to really respond to the needs of the other person, and then that would be a fulfilling experience.
1: Oh yeah, and that is so important. I'm talking about an attitude. We're talking about the kind of things that we're, um, that we're helping people with, and others out there helping people. I'm telling you, it is an emotional roller coaster because part of us feels we're doing it. We feel good about what we're doing, and it's very fulfilling and very rewarding. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other part that. We feel like we're failures. We feel inadequate. We, we're dealing with such distressing situations. It
0: is stressful, no matter even in the very best. Absolutely, in your best, the best way you can set things up, caregiving is always going to be stressful it and is. distressing.
1: And so the key really is, well, how do you preserve yourself so you can, and stay resilient?
0: So you can still feel fulfilled. Yes, in the midst of all this stress. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I have to say, I. Um, this is a, I've been doing this 50 years um, plus, and one of the things that, I've just, that I have had to learn to do is I've had to learn how to take care of myself um, during the, in the midst of all this. Put some t- specific time aside, it may, I may even say this is a little selfish, but I know better. If I don't do this I'm not going to be able to come back and be, have my energy restored mm-hmm. because I'm always working and so are you in are. very distressing situations. Yeah. so uh, And that's our commitment. That is our commitment.
0: And so if we're going to commit to that, then I need to tell myself, I know you tell yourself, if I'm committed to helping other people, I also have to be committed to, to taking care of myself. It's a
1: must. And I think at our at our Institute for Trauma Recovery, we emphasize that with everybody yeah. that works here. That we take care of our own. We make sure people take care of themselves. We have such a low turnover rate with mm-hmm. our staff, that it is remarkable. But to me, it's not because we are there to support each other, help each other. We make sure that everybody gets the care they need and the responsiveness they need because everybody can. is such an. So we're so intertwined in, in how we're working together to help very difficult situations. Yeah. It still doesn't make it easy, but we know some of the principles that will help. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I I, we want to convey this today to, I know that Jenny and I want to convey this out there.
0: This is really something close to our heart. It
1: is. And, and you know, we, we work with organizations and agencies that have been doing this a long time too. And one of them that I really have great respect for in uh, Sonoma County is the Redwood Carriers Resource Center. I, I know there's a lot of agencies that do good things. This is probably the most responsive agency that I've ever run into. it has been so. your experience. I think. Yeah. they. I, I'm not saying every staff member is excellent or not. Some are really good and others aren't. But they're genuinely connected with what are the needs of the caregiver community. And they find ways to help. Mm-hmm. And in very tangible ways. And they've been that, like that for, for us and for me for a number of years now. I have great respect for them. Some of the information we, what we're talking about today we took from one of their papers. Mm-hmm. Even though there are personal principles, they have papers out to help caregivers. They know that um, when people people uh, come to them, they know they're not just there to, to help the, the person, the victim, mm-hmm. the, the 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 sick person. They're there to help the care, caregiver who could get sick themselves. They. I remember they. Th- what were you going to say?
0: No, I was just going to say that because we're a team here. When we're working together to help each other. Uh, we have an excellent way of doing that. Redwood Caregivers really wants to make sure that caregivers who are isolated, doing it on their own, have support team from them.
1: And you know when we started this, what did we discover? How isolated people feel and they really are. Mm-hmm. We changed the model. We work in teams. And that was one of the reasons not to get isolated. So we, we do pay attention to that. Um,
0: about some uh, jumping in here to say maybe some final thoughts. Maybe what would you like people to to when they when we go away today from what we said? What would you like them to take? Well, I think
1: them? a central theme that we've been working on in so many episodes um, uh, has to do with becoming aware of the effect of being a caregiver and being involved in crises and trauma and the toll that it takes on the worker. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, this is the other thing that happens. We tune out of ourselves and we're so tuned into the people we're, that we're, we're helping. Yeah. But that's trouble. That leads to a lot of trouble. So I would say the first thing to do is, we all carry these attitudes and misconceptions, all of us, um, is to first of all we'll become aware of our attitudes. Mm-hmm. It's not painless because sometimes... This work, not sometimes, forces you to look at yourself. It's exposing. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: it's very exposing and can be very painful. But yet, in the long run, when you do become aware of those things, then you can begin to seek some solutions for yourself. And um, you can also reach a point of knowing there are certain things you can control and do something about, Mm -hmm. and there's other things you're not going to control no matter what you do, and it's it's learning how to accept those things, having the wisdom
0: yeah. to
1: accept them. I think that uh, A.A. has a, uh, what was his name, right, Holden Neibor? The
0: Serenity Prayer. The
1: Serenity Prayer says it well. Oh,
0: it is a classic. Yeah. and it, I'll just I can't read think that. think of it too often.
1: Yeah. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's so crucial in all of this. And you know, it's easy to read that, but we're not just putting it out there as words today. It's a principle you have to seek. Yeah. And it's ongoing. You don't just get this once inside and you got it. <laughs> no. <laughs> because when under no. pressure we'll forget everything. Yep. And then we have to come back and get support or support each other um, because we need to remember these things. This is the real thing. Yeah. And anybody who's out there today listening, anybody who's immersed in this horrible year of chaos and trouble. Um, knows that we're ta- you know what we're talking about. And if you have, if you're honest with yourself, you'll recognize that it's taken a toll on you too. Some more obvious than others. And the key, first of all, is to recognize it, to admit it, and then to begin to do something about it
0: So thank you to Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, who sponsors uh, the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast. If you have appreciated what we brought you, I would request that you go to their website, sctraumatreatment.org, and make a donation. Our website is thesurvivorsguidetolife.com, where you'll find links to our podcast outlets and to our YouTube channel and some papers uh, that we've written, and mm-hmm. you can access them there. If you get in touch with us at 707 or jenny at com, or through a message on our Facebook page where you can like mm-hmm. and share, like with Instagram too, mm-hmm. I will send you a little booklet that Steve put together. It has the lessons we were talking about, the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast lessons. And... Be happy to send you a copy. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you today. Please yeah. join us again next time.
1: And be well. Take good care of yourselves, you're, you're important.